1: Welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Texting. It's me, Sade. I'm joined by a pimple that is trying to form but shall not prosper. And Charles Pinky and Glenn, my sickly twins. How
2: goes it? Girl. The girls are Girl, the way I've been ducking and dodging Miss Kovisha and she got me. I'm pissed. She got you. Yeah, my body is aching. It's
0: just not good. It's not good. But Sorry, we're here but- with
2: you. We're still going to bring the energy.
0: We yeah, got a real good episode
2: ready. for y'all. On red or reply? <gasps> Obviously, hopping into the on red or reply, I'm leaving the fact that I have COVID-19 on red. I cannot even believe it. I'm shocked. <laughs> I, I, I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss. And at the time of recording this, it is Tuesday, December 20th. And Christmas is around the corner. I'm supposed to be leaving in a couple of days. So now I have to quarantine and join my family late. I'm not exactly sure what the plan is. Um, no gifts. So, yeah. Right. I'm like, well, no damn. gifts. Maybe y'all got, I didn't have time. <laughs> this gift saga continues. And now you're um, down bad. What's a girl you to do? Know. Well,
0: I'm it's done. the 20th. Don't you have to quarantine for like 10 days? It's five
2: now. No, now it's like um, five. Bare- barely. Yeah. If that. All right, maybe three to five. Five. Yeah, so I got COVID-19. Lord help me. And you know what? The gift saga continues. The scissor saga continues. I finally started listening to the album today. There's one song I really like. It's called Low. And she's like, keep in the lowest of the lowest of the low, low. Oh, I like and that she's one. Talk- that one's Wait, cute. Wait, you she's were like,
0: talking shit about this album and you hadn't even listened to it?
2: I listened to it, but like not closely like I got I did a list I listened through I was like "Mm, I'm not really feeling some of the subject matter some of the 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 sounds towards the end of the album I'm not feeling some of the genre play yeah that like kind of like rock star of of like the suburbs in 1992 or like 2005 kind of vibe wasn't feeling but I do like low um and I didn't realize that on uh I forgot what what song it's called. I just had the screenshot up. But she's like admitting that she got her body done. I was like, "Oh." Mhm. Mhm.
0: Clearly. Mm-hmm. You know?
2: Yes. Well, then she just posted recently and I was like, "Oh yeah." I think she even posted in her faha. She's just owning <laughs> it. Which I, I fuck I'm going to see the faha post. I love yes. I love
1: that. I hate when it's people about lie. damn time, like, "Girl." <laughs> she's over here is like, that "This your is my real hair." hair?
2: My oh yeah, her on Red is my too. my COVID. And my reply is the couple of songs I've started to connect with on the Scissor album. Because I really want to connect with the album because I'm such a fan of hers. Um so yeah. I'm working mm. on it. It's growing on me.
1: Watching the YouTube see. I'm not trying to get nothing through the uh, internet.
2: Oh, I love those. Oh my god, Shade. those are the good ginger juices.
0: What are you
1: replying um, to? I'm going to reply to my nail tech and the relationship that one has with their nail tech. Like, as I was walking in, I was on Facetime with my boyfriend, and I was like, "Babe, say hi to Sarah." I was about to. I was like, "We about to talk shit about you," and he was like, "Ha ha ha," and like all the like stuff like we like to talk about. She is like. Really into housewives. So we always like catch up on housewives together. We're talking about the Tory Megan case. We're talking about the Gunna case. She's really into a lot of the stuff that I'm into. And like she watches a lot of YouTube videos. Her boyfriend's super into YouTube videos. So we just go down these rabbit holes. And I can't remember who we were talking to about this, but how like a lot of these um people that you work with that, like, do your nails or your hair or whatever become, like, your people and um, your therapists. And, like, she's seen me went from when I quit my old job into a new job, like, all the things. Um, And I just love that relationship. And (laughs) my nails are fire.
2: (laughs) They look really cute.
1: We have, like, a little, you know, I'm going to Cuba um, for all my... Yoruba, Santeria, Candomblé, people of the know. I'll give a little Yemaya nails, a little homage to the goddess of the river and the ocean. So, you know, invoking the vibes. Um, And what I'm going to leave on red, leave on red, leave on red. I'm like feeling kind of positive. I don't know why um, because I can always find something to complain about, but Nothing today. Um, leaving on red that you gals are sick, and hope you feel better.
0: Thanks, girl. Aww, thank you.
1: Um.
0: Well, I guess I will leave on red that I'm sick. Blah, blah 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 blah. And I will reply to this show that I started called Tell Me Lies on Hulu. It I fucking is so... love that show. Oh, you watched it? I so I kind of just started. I think I'm on episode four. And I'm yeah. already like, she seems crazy. He seems crazy. Everyone's, everyone seems like they're just insane. But also the show's like really entertaining. And it's like, you know, stupid YA kind of show. But um, yeah. But and I, then, I think
2: it's a mental kind of fuckery kind of show. And it's a YA thing. But there is still, I think, it's smart. You know? Yeah. And
0: it's also like... I feel like your college romance is kind of like, it's, it's not real,
2: but it's like your first, I don't know, your crazy. Yeah. Romantic. The first time somebody really like, you know, gave you something to talk about. Right. And you just, (laughs) yeah,
0: you know? Right. And you're Mm -hmm. in the dorm misbehaving all day. Right. (laughs) Um... But yeah, it's a good show. So if you're looking for another TV show, I suggest Tell Me Lies on Hulu. Um, Really, that's all for me. Is anyone's
1: hotline blinging? My hotline is blinging with this WhatsApp group of everyone that's going to Cuba. And I don't know how my godmother is doing this, but she has literally like organized... Everyone's accommodations, their arrivals, like this woman needs to run a damn travel agency. It is so impressive and like everyone's super excited. It's like family members, everything, and like we're getting down to the wire and I'm super excited and very appreciative because when I tell you like Cuba and the certain rules and regulations of going and just all the things you need to know, like if we didn't have this group chat... I'd be struggling. It's also really funny to see what Black people get nervous about, like the the like. Apparently, Cuban food isn't super spicy, and everyone's like, "I'm
2: bringing out my hot
1: sauce, girl!" And the West Indians like, "I got
2: my pepper sauce," and
1: it's just no good. Funny. I'm glad you said um, that because I'm gonna have
2: to bring mine too. What'd you say? I, I said, now I'm gonna have to bring mine too. You know, I can't eat food without hot sauce, right? <sighs> so,
1: but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's that's the gist and. We're recording this, like, early, but when I get back, I'll be sure to keep all you listeners posted since you've been hearing about this trip for months now.
2: Right? I'll also add that my hotline is going to be blinging later this evening because I am supposed to have a date tomorrow, and now that I have COVID, I can't go. And it's okay because I kind of, like, didn't feel like really going, but I'm going to have a, um, a FaceTime date. <laughs> So I oh. will
0: advise. That's and cute. That's cute. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a new man. Mm. It's a dancer now.
1: Oh, yeah. I was like, which one is this? Oh, it's a new one. This is a new one. An Alvin wow. dancer. He makes me nervous. I thought he was a little crazy. But... That's
2: like the person that's kind of like giving could be a killer. I don't know, which is why I'm glad we're going to talk on FaceTime first. He has no social media, only um Reddit.
1: I was like yikes (laughs) what does that that even mean
2: (laughs) (laughs) but he uh, he has he has mutual friends with my friends and I asked my friend like yo ask your friend is that person crazy and they said he's not crazy so we'll see y'all I'll keep you updated
1: Mm.
0: my good sis that's a black girl doing shit anyway who's our black girl doing shit this week our black girl doing shit this week is the Michelle Obama, formerly Period. Michelle Robinson. We are reading in the group chat her book and The Light We Carry. Um, And she just continues to be a queen and just like so regal and so, I don't know, just like a bright wise. light and wise and just like positive and vulnerable and just like everything that one would want to strive to become. So um, we will be talking more about her book in the group chat. All
1: right, y'all. It's time for the group chat. Chat.
0: So did you guys get to finish it?
1: Finish? I'm in progress.
0: I was ready for the excuses.
1: But (laughs) no, I'm just finished. No, no. But, you know, we're, we're on our way. Well- So honestly, this is like not an incredibly structured
0: episode, but I was reading the book and taking notes and I just thought like there were a lot of themes that really relate to what we've been talking about recently in terms of like relationship, friendship, vulnerability and all Mm -hmm. that stuff um, that was covered in this book.
2: Well, I want to add just one thing, at least that struck me in reading this book as far as I've gotten not all the way mm-hmm. done. And why we wanted to talk about it at this time is with this episode coming out towards the beginning of the year, I think it's important that we all kind of enter into it with some hopefulness. Like the past few years have been so hard for so many of us and who, there's a lot of doom and gloom in the world, in the news. It's often easy to feel like hopeless and like, like the world is missing goodness and Mm -hmm. i think this book is a reminder of the good that's in the world the good that's in people the light that we all carry as mrs obama says and yeah i love that it made me feel a really good point hopeful
0: yeah and i think that's what we really need especially during this time um but yeah so the book is kind of broken up into three parts um so in the first part uh the first chapter is called like the power of small. Um, And she talks about like starting small and like how those small moments kind of make a huge difference. Um, Something that she talked about that I would like to implement is like letting people know when you're happy to see them, for example, Mm. or when like just little small things you can do that can make, A big deal. She talked about this research that was done that basically said that um, those who are happy in life are sorry, not that research. She talked about, I'm sick, guys. She talked about doing great, um, sweetie. (laughs) I'm like, my boss just called me. (laughs) I have him on one side. she did talk about how teachers that, um, that greet their students on a daily basis, mm-hmm. their academics actually are improved. Um, and kind of meeting people with that gladness, how it really affects relationships and productivity in those spaces. Um, do you think there are like small things you all can do to find other people's light or? see yeah. other people's light or acknowledge other people's light? I
2: love yeah. that question. I love that. I hung out with a good friend of mine last night and we just had just the best time. And like consistently, we're just like, yo, I love you. I really love you. And even today I just texted him like, I'm so glad we got to spend time together yesterday. I really appreciate you. And I want to um, just continue to do that type of thing for my friends. Just let them know I see them. I appreciate them you
1: know what about y'all
2: yeah yeah i think
0: like sorry i was just going to say i think like saying i love you is something that i definitely would like to implement more um i sh- i think i shared on the podcast that a few of my friends came recently and we just like always have a great time when we're together and by the end of the trip one of my friends was like i love you like i l o v e y o u not love ya not love L-U-V, but like, I truly love you and love spending time with you. And like saying things like that to people, even if like, maybe you should know it, hearing it really does validate you and validate, you know, what you could, what you mean to that person. So I appreciated it, it coming from him. And
1: I would like to do more of that, even though it's uncomfortable for me to speak that way. Is it more so with friends? Like, are you good about it with your partner and your family? I'm good with my partner. I um, I feel like it's so important, like especially with loved ones. Like anytime I talk to my parents or my grandparents or even my siblings, kind of. I'm like, I love you. You know, like, just like when you end the call, like, I feel like we used to do that so much in the 90s. Like, there were always like things that you would say for goodbye. I'd be like, love you, one. <laughs> like,
2: oh my like, God, we I g- did one every time.
1: <laughs> we got to bring that back. Um, but I think for me, and she talks about this a lot, I think throughout the book, but just like in general, and a lot of her interviews is like, this idea of reacting quickly And a big part of like starting small with things is not allowing yourself to go to like a hundred and just like pull back a little bit and understand like, do I need to take this here? Like, is this going to get me anywhere when you're like reactionary typically and like from a negative perspective? And I really like that and I really want to implement that because- I'm quick to like get frustrated or get flustered and like say something intense or like aggressive, but like being able to pull back in the moment and like start small. Like, whew, okay, I reacted this way because this thing really bothered me and just being like in the in that moment, something as small as like, I need a moment or like what you said made me feel this instead Mm -hmm. of like freaking out I want to implement like way more like even sometimes when I do have my moments I find myself having to be like oh I didn't mean to say that I'm so sorry and like coming back from it but like not even getting to the point where I have to apologize for saying some like slick shit yeah Mm.
2: that's a nice little goal for you sis excuse (laughs) me (laughs) oh (laughs) <laughs> oh, see? Work in progress. Work in progress.
1: I'm screaming.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I feel like I, so listeners, you missed it because we cut it out. But while I started this episode, while we started this episode, my boss called me. So I was a little frazzled at the start. But just to rewind, part one has four chapters. So the first chapter is The Power of Small, the second chapter is Decoding Fear. The third is starting kind and the fourth is am I seen? And really the starting kind was what I spoke about uh, in terms of like when you greet greet someone and just being kind. She talks about one of her friends um, to start kind with himself. You know how people do like these mantras in the mirror They're like I will be mm-hmm. a queen, whatever. Her <laughs> friend just says like, hey, buddy like every morning, looks in the mirror and is like, hey, buddy, just like a nice positive way to start his day. It's not like making some big declaration, but it's like greeting himself in like a positive, kind, loving way. Um, Do you guys do affirmations in the morning or like any sort of like mantras to kind of like get yourself ready for the day to start your day off well?
1: I don't do mantras, but I have been so, so about implementing this. I'd say like 70, 30, 60, 40, but I try to wake up, not touch my phone and go to Instagram or email, but I'll like put on like my news podcasts or like one of my shows that I like to watch and I stretch in the mirror and I just like look at myself, move my body, get in touch with like where I feel discomfort and just like, I don't know, connect with my body. Um, My therapist has me doing these things called body scans, like where you, wherever you like feel tension. And while like a lot of that can just be like, I slept funny. It could also be like where you're holding stress. So I just try to like decompress in those spaces, let the feelings flow And then go into my goddamn email. (laughs) But it makes me feel so much better (laughs) that I didn't just, like, jar myself into the day and that I, like, had a moment for me. Um, But since I'm already in the mirror, I'll start being like, you are so flexible and cute while I'm doing Mm -hmm. the
2: stretches. (laughs) Flexible and cute. Yeah, (laughs) I don't really have a daily practice of that. But I do, like, celebrate my wins. Like, if I when i like do a call and it was popping i'll be like yes bitch you ate that like and i'll say that very loud very loud or like if i cook something i'll be like this slaps girl yes and i'll scream it all the time i live alone so we be in here talking we (laughs) myself and myself (laughs) we we be talking girl we talk a lot yeah what about you chelsea
0: um, I don't necessarily have a practice of this, but it's something that I want to start implementing. Um, she said something that kind of resonated with me like she said gladness is nourishing. It's a gift and we carry that feeling forward. So, if I'm starting off my day and with a I'm giving myself a kind start, then it makes it easier then for me to start off my day Or continue my day and also pass that along to others. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess a question that I would ask, since none of us have this practice, is what is a sentence or can you share a sentence that you could start your day off with? Um, So I'll go first and I'll just say, I'm going to try to start saying like, you are a good, kind loving person i
2: would like to well hmm. the first thing that just came to my mind was something like this day is full of possibilities or something mm. like to just mm. remind myself that every day <clears throat> um yeah and continue just to live with that openness to what can come um and that you might accomplish something really amazing today. You might really, again, kill that meeting. Like, you know, there's full of possibilities and like exciting, positive possibilities.
1: This is going to sound like I have an anger problem. (laughs) And maybe I do, but I would probably be like, you know, like you can be calm and like you can get through these moments of frustration calmly. Because the amount of times that I'm usually screaming at my laptop or my phone or being like, this person's fucking stupid. I'm so (laughs) fucking mad. Like literally yelling at the computer probably is not good for my, you know, my soul. So I think like telling myself that I don't have to like get so flustered might make reading Mm. some of the emails that I get that I find Mm. idiotic less idiotic <laughs> you know things like that
0: <laughs> well let's we should try that we should try that in the new year and see how it changes our month or you know q1 I like that. How long we want to experiment
1: i'm not gonna lie um, affirmations are a hard one for me i'm like well
0: it's not an affirmation she's suggesting that you just give yourself a kind start like that's true literally just true. says hey buddy Mm -hmm, Like, it's mm -hmm. not like this big declaration. It's just like, be kind to yourself as soon as you wake up and be kind to others when you see them, first thing. Um, Yeah, something like super simple. But uh, in part one, she also talks about decoding fear. And I also, I always just am so flabbergasted when someone like a Michelle Obama talks about like all their Mm self-doubt and- um, all their self-criticism and like this woman went to princeton and Harvard like from nothing like she wasn't a legacy kid like she did this on her own um but she talks a lot about her fearful mind and like all the self-criticism that she experiences she also talks about being a Capricorn and how that plays into it too do you believe funny. it now because she said it yeah, if Michelle said it, then it...
1: <laughs> like it's not a pseudoscience uh, when she says it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
0: um, But she talks about talking to that fearful mind and to letting it know like, hello, it's you again. Thanks mm-hmm. for showing up, but you're no monster to me. Like I'm not worried about you and how the fearful mind kind of plays into like professional life, like her being a good mother, her being a good wife. Um. And almost all aspects of her life, how do you all deal with like self-doubt and self-criticism and all of those things that may happen in whatever aspect of life?
2: Yeah, I mean, this is what I work on in therapy and I talk to that voice all the time, but usually it's like... My, my, the part of my mind that assumes the worst and starts to think about like what negative thing could happen. And I think we've mentioned this on the show, right? Like it'll be the the questions of the, well, what if this goes wrong? You just Mm -hmm. counter it with the what if it doesn't, what if it goes well? And just like continue to counter all of those thoughts. Um, yeah. And then we talk a lot about, um, in therapy about not like overblowing, um, like thoughts that I might have about myself, like you always do this or like just talking. So in like extremes about myself, Mm -hmm. Um, I guess that's the better way to describe it. So yeah. Limiting speaking in extremes about behaviors and then not always expecting the worst, wondering what might happen if the good thing happened or the right outcome came or the positive outcome came.
1: Yeah. I think another thing, a good thing with the what ifs is like, Not just, like, what if the positive happened or, like, the opposite of what I said happened, but, like, what is the best outcome and, like, what if that were to happen? So, like, if you're maybe freaked out about... Getting a job and you're like, oh, what if I don't get it? It's like, what if I get this job and then I have the best time there and I love my commute and I find a lovely new restaurant to eat at next door? Just like putting yourself in like the mindset of like this is happening and like manifesting it, I think is really helpful because I'm a like very uh planny person. Um and so I kind of like if I can. Create a positive narrative with my plans, opposed to like a very doom and gloom narrative with my plans. So, I really try to add a lot of color, a lot of detail. And I don't know, it just helps me stay in a positive mindset.
0: I love that. I mean, I am, um, I have like, I think the term for it in psychology is intrusive thoughts or intrusive, something like that. But I get them like pretty often and this is very extreme, but it's usually like about death. Mm. Um, like I remember when I first got my car, which I think I've shared this experience. When I first got it, I was literally bawling yeah. after driving on the 405 and like asking my fiance if I could take the car back. And he was like, no, you can't. <laughs> You're just going to have to learn um, how to drive it. But I would have thoughts of, like, I'm, this car is going to, like, flip over. Like, this car is going to, like, I'm going to die in this car. Like, all these crazy thoughts. And I don't think Michelle was being this extreme in her book, but these are the thoughts I have. Um, and learning to, like, just, like, tell yourself, like, get out of my head. That is such a ridiculous thing. Leave my head I know I'm gonna do all of the things that I have in my power to make sure nothing bad happens
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's all you can do. Um so that's kind of how I deal with it with my like psychotic, deadly growth thoughts. I was like, not even how wanna you bring it the same.
2: That's I know, that's what I was getting at. I'm like, my what if thoughts are like, what if this plane goes down? What if <laughs> Like somebody breaks into my house. <laughs> like it just gets crazy. But what I find that it does is like rob my, it robs myself of like the joy of it all, right? Like if you're mm-hmm. in your car speeding down the, what is it called there? Like the Pacific the Coast. Oh, yeah. 405. P- PCH. The PCH on oh, no, a beautiful day. Like h- how does like, you know, thinking about like what could go wrong in that moment just takes you out of being so present mm-hmm. and like how beautiful. <laughs> the the situation is at that given moment so yeah yeah, I really try to push those thoughts away by saying like well what if we actually get there and to your point Shada yeah and have a beautiful time once we do what if this ride is smooth and lovely and we feel the breeze in our hair
1: yeah yeah I think the thing that scared me a lot with this book is her talking about having kids because I really don't have many like fears in that way I probably should have more. I'm quite reckless with my life. But then I'm like, shit, like, am I gonna like become like this when I have kids? Because for me right now, it's like, yeah, if the plane goes down, I'm dying. Like, I don't, <laughs> like that's pretty much how that's gonna go. But like, If I have kids, then I'm going to be like, the plane goes down. Who's going to take care of my kids? Or like, if I get in a car crash, like, what's going to happen to my kids? Or like, is my kid going to be okay? And like, I'm super paranoid. What happens to my kid? About being a parent and then like developing that kind of paranoia because like now it's not just about my life. It's about like a whole other human's life that like I really want to keep alive.
0: Yeah. Which is something that happens. Like my sister was like a roller coaster fiend. And now she's like a little more nervous about it because since she's had kids, she's like become more
1: cautious mm-hmm.
0: just about her life. Um, but we'll get into kids in a moment. Um, the last part of part one was um Am I scene? And she just talked about like representation and you know how We really have to get into a mindset of, you know, even though you may not have seen it, it's still possible. Um, Mm -hmm. She talked about this Mellon Foundation study on statues in the United States. So most statues in the United States are of white men. Half of those white men were enslavers and 40% were born into wealth. Black indigenous people make up only 10% and women only 6%. Um, Then they did in the study, which is kind of random, I don't know why they did this, but they compared the amount of statues of mermaids to women or female members of Congress and the ratio was 11 to 1, which is odd. Um, But just this idea of not necessarily being Being represented or being seen or, you know, being in these spaces when she went to Princeton, um, knowing that it was it was it was rare that a black woman would be in that space um, and almost feeling invisible on that campus, you know, Mm -hmm. like in her head standing out, but then realizing pretty quickly that actually no one was paying attention to her at all um, and that she was invisible in that space. Um, Have you all ever felt like you weren't, like, seen?
2: Have I ever felt seen, like, truly seen? Like you weren't not seen. seen. Like I was not seen, sorry. Sorry. Not. Well, yeah, I mean maybe like in high school where I felt similarly to the kind of experience that Mrs. Obama was writing about, just kind of like the only and isolated. But it's such a unique experience where you feel like you're super self-conscious of the fact that you don't think you fit in. But then like people are also not seeing you, but you're like hyper seeing yourself. And then you just Mm -hmm. are like living in your head and living in like the awkwardness of your body all the time. Um. yeah, that's the first thing that comes to mind. But also kind of my own interpretation of the question. Sometimes when I I felt like I was not seen in times in my life or when I would be trying to communicate something to someone and they would just hear it in a completely different way. And, like, I just think about some fallouts I had with some friends and, like, they just assumed, like, the worst of me. And I'd be like, oh, wow, you do not see me, like, at all. Like, you do not get me you do not know who i am we've been doing this like quote unquote friend thing all this time and you you don't you don't see me you don't get me
0: that's a good one i've definitely had that feeling you know before too like feeling almost like misunderstood slash the other the person on the other side of that communication doesn't really want to understand you so it's like you're not even seeing me or like trying to mm-hmm. see me Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, in part two, I think this was something I really loved. She talks about her kitchen table in chapter five. um, And she talks about her friendships and how, yes, her family and her husband is so dear and near to her in her life, but she couldn't really survive without her friendships. Um, And- that she actively maintains old friendships while also cultivating new ones. Um, She also talked about a really interesting study that showed that most American adults reported having zero, zero to three friends. Like a lot of them reported having zero. Um, And many young people these days talk about A lot of people write letters to her. So she was like kind of talking about all the letters she's gotten. Um, And many young Americans fear feeling thirsty or desperate when it comes to making new friends. You know, we've all heard the term like no new friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I'm here in a new city. Sade, you've lived in a new city. Um, And I feel like when I first moved, I was kind of like, oh, new friends. But now, you know, admittedly, I've definitely fallen into a space of like, I'm not necessarily in the market for new friends. Um, But after reading her book, I feel like there is something very valuable about being open to new people and new friends and new friendships, you know, and not kind of cutting people off because they're new I guess. How do you Mm -hmm. guys feel about like making new friends, especially in adulthood? Um, I love it.
1: Highly advocate for it. I think that like the coolest thing about living is meeting people like, and like just the odd connections you can have with people or the things you can learn. And I think what's scary is like, um, We talked about this in the episode we recorded the other day. Um, For a lot of people is that vulnerability and that trust. So it's not necessarily that when making new friends, I think in the back of my mind, like, this is going to be, like, a person in my bridal party or anything like that. But it's just, like, this is such a cool new person to meet. Um, And I'm really grateful for a friend of ours, Laura. Laura lives in Mexico because she has introduced me to like 15 different people that like when I go to that city I'm like oh my god I'm gonna go have lunch with this person then I'm gonna go hang out with that person and then I get to experience their lives and like hear their stories and like it's so cool it just like opens your eyes to I think like a whole new way of of thinking and I I think I always have this kind of um longing and like a wanderlust and like i think friendships fulfill new friendships fulfill a lot of that wanderlust because you get to see how someone else lives or thinks and and i think that it's really important to have them um and you never know what they could become i think maybe some of those people with like the 0 to 3 like maybe they don't have like very cl- close friends but i hope that they have like somebody they could grab a little like chips and guac and margarita with like well a lot of people don't which is really sad and in america
0: in particular self-reliance is such like a a thing that we value so a lot of people are ashamed to admit that they're lonely
2: Mm. and they're
0: ashamed to admit that they do want friends but again they don't want to come off as thirsty um then you also look at social media, and I posted this on my page, but um, I'm blanking on who said it now, uh, but it's a social psychi- psychologist, and he wrote, thanks to, des- to the design of social media, we are performing more than mm. we are connecting. Um, And it's just like, you know, it's, you have to, I feel like in order to make, valuable new friendships, you do have to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talk about this a lot, that it's not necessarily the most comfortable thing to do. It's it's risky. Like someone can play you, you know, if you put yourself out there. Um, another thing that she talked about outside of like these new deep friendships are like micro connections. So like mm. the next time you go outside or go to the park, maybe take your headphones out. Maybe when you buy your coffee, don't have your headphones in and talk to the person that's making your coffee. Like all these small connections are little drops of social glue that's desperately needed, especially mm. in this time, especially after uh, our pandemic where everyone was locked locked up. Not locked up, but, you know, quarantined. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, trying to just, like, make small connections with people. And some might turn into important friendships some might not turn into anything but like connecting with other human beings and like bringing that back you know what i love
1: love about much i'm sorry no go ahead i was just gonna say do you know what I, i i love about like other cultures i think like american culture like white american culture lacks this but like black folks definitely have this you definitely see this in like latinos it's like you have to say good morning or good afternoon Or good evening, like you—you just do. Like it's just like you have to like greet people. Like I feel like we've like lost that. Like even when I get on the bus, I'd be like to the bus driver, "Good morning, are you having a good day?" Like I just like don't know when we lost like greetings and like pleasantries. Like, and something that small could save someone's life. To be honest,
2: yeah, you know. Sorry, go Imagine on. people that go, th- no, you could like literally go through your day and like have no human interaction, like mm. least, like truly, right? Like if you, especially if you had your headphones in and the way they're trying to make everything automated, that's actually terrifying. The way I could just have people drop off things to my house and I don't like actually have to go outside. Right. Um, but I love to be surprised by like random exchanges with people. I had to go into my office today. And I took an Uber there, and it was in Jersey, so it was a long-ass ride. And by the last two or three minutes of the ride, my Uber driver decided to start talking to me. And he was actually super interesting. And I was like, wow, we could have been talking this whole time. Maybe not the whole time. We could have had a little couple chats along (laughs) the way. And I probably could have learned something really interesting. He was from Turkey. Um, But also, like, yeah, I'm I'm always super open to new friends. I'm open to new energies and open to just – even being out at like a dinner party or something and just having like a really dope conversation with someone that just sticks with me, you know, and that's all it has to be. And maybe I'll see you again sometime, but like, wow, like you just leave feeling really good. Um, The one thing though, that is interesting about that statistic you shared, Chelsea, I was talking with some people like, damn, like, like one of my best friends moved to, he's from the UK, he moved back. And now we have to like really work to, maintain our friendship and it adds a new dynamic now we can like meet up in different parts of the world or I can go visit him or whatever um but as I think about us getting older people having kids like the friendship dynamics are going to change people's friendships are going to people's circles are going to shift based on like who their kids are friends with like you're gonna have to make a lot more effort to meet up Mm -hmm. with your people like right now a lot of my friends just live walking distance from my house from we live close to each other we're all like neighbors that can change and then it can become really different. And I am very aware and like somewhat a little, I get not really scared, but I do think about it sometimes like, damn, this is like not gonna, this is not forever. And these dynamics will shift. And what will that look like? I mean, I watch it in my dad all the time. This man is always on the phone, always on the phone with people that be calling him from all over the place. His friend that live in Portland, his friend over here, his friend over there. He, like he's always finding ways to see all these people. And like, it seems really cool. They His friends from years and years and years ago but you just have to like put in the work yeah and she
0: talks she talks about that too because obviously she was living in chicago and then became first lady and had to up and move everything to dc um so proximity is a big part of friendships you know if you live on the say in the same neighborhood it's a lot easier to maintain a friendship um, but she's super intentional, so every year she has like this retreat with her girlfriends, and they get together, and they all yeah. take it seriously, like it's locked in on their calendar and they value that space, and they're not gonna miss it um and that's something that her and her friends do and she said she's been able to even connect friends that didn't know each other, like those from Chicago and the new friends she met in d c because you know, Sasha and Malia were one of the few black girls, so she saw another black mom, and they became friends and things like that. So that's real. She also talks about friends as she calls them her daisies, but apparently Tracy Ellis Ross calls them barnacles. And I want to play this little clip because I thought it was pretty beautiful. Hopefully, I cued it up to the right part.
3: While working together at magazine, oh, Trace.
2: Maybe I'll slow it down. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean... <laughs> Ooh, I'm weak.
3: Okay. He had caught sight of Samir across the room and thought, she has similar hair. I bet we could be friends.
0: So basically she's talking about Tracy Ellis Ross, did a magazine co- cover or shoot, and actually met her now best friend. Um, she saw this woman and said, we had we have similar hair. Maybe we can be friends.
3: And it turned out she was right. They've been besties for more than 25 years now. I couldn't do this life thing without her, Tracy wrote in her post. I am a barnacle on her life. I thought this was beautifully put. I've come to appreciate my friends as daisies and birds in my life, brighteners to my everyday. But this is another apt way to think about them. If you've ever spent time by the ocean and encountered these bump-sized, hard-shelled crustaceans melded to undersea rocks in the bottoms of boats, you'll know there's nothing more stubborn or solid than a barnacle. (laughs) The same might be said of an exceptional friend. If you're lucky, you might end up with at least a few melded into your life, people who become stalwart and unshakable. The friends who accept you without judgment show up for the hard stuff and give you joy, not just for a semester or for the two years you live in the same city, but over the course of many years. Barnacles are not showy either, which I see as also true of the best friendships. They need no witnesses. They are not trying to accomplish something that can be measured or cashed in upon the substance mostly happens behind the scenes. My friend Angela is one of my barnacles.
0: So yeah, she talks about her friends and I love that idea of like a barnacle and like they're so kind of hard to get rid of, like they're like stuck to you, but like yeah, it's not this big show either. It's just like your people, you know?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. It's It's really funny, and and I really hope that, especially men, like that's why I was so happy to hear that your dad has friendships, because I have heard a lot of statistics that a lot of men like lack friendships because, I don't know, our society has deemed that to be weak or something, like to have like a close friend with another man, or even if it's with a woman, but then, I don't know, society may have a feeling about that shit, but anyways, um, it just made me think of like sometimes when I'm on Facetime with my friends and I'm like, oh my god, you look so cute! Like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm so excited to see you. My boyfriend will be like, you literally just spoke to her yesterday. Like, I don't understand. And I'm like, are you not obsessed with your friends? I'm confused. Like, <laughs> it's hell yeah! Like, right? I'm it's so like obsessed you with my friends. Talk to them oh all god. the time. Yes. Yeah. Like, and I like the barnacle
2: because oh it's like you stuck to me, girl. <laughs> Yo, the other day, yes. Shadi and Paz pulled up at my house and I was just like, low key, minding my business, watching my show. They're ringing my bell, OD, OD. And I'm like, hello. And they're like, I'm so, we're so happy to see you. We were in the neighborhood. We just had to pop by. And I was like, hmm, thanks. So glad you came. <laughs> I was like, actually, like, please leave. And then by the end, I was so happy that they were there. Obviously, but they were being barnacles. <laughs> like, no, I'm we were here. like, but like, I was blessing. like,
1: she, she gonna act like she not home. Keep buzzing, keep buzzing. <laughs> I was. I was go like, ahead.
2: how, how long could I just like not go to the door? I just knew it was them. Oh, and see, y'all know how I am. <laughs> I love that, and I'm like, I love my friends, but like, leave me alone. No, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, chapter six is called "Partnering Well," um, and obviously, this is where she talks about her partnership with Barack and their beautiful marriage. Leo Man, and um, just how marriage is just like all these high and low stakes negotiations. Um, she talks about something that we've also talked about on the podcast about it's two people coming together with very different family histories. And just a really quick, cute story that I thought was so funny was she talked about her mom and dad. And right after they got married, they got into like this big fight because they got married and moved into each other, moved in with each other. And they got into this big fight about the toilet paper because her mom's household, the toilet paper was flipped so that the tissue was rolling out over the top. And in the dad's household, it was coming out from underneath on the bottom. I'm personally an overtop kind of person. Um, But she talked about how they were both very irritated, like you're putting the toilet paper on wrong. But they come from different households. So in their households, there was a right way and there was a wrong way, but they were different. Um, And all those, this would be considered a low stakes negotiation, of course, because it's toilet paper. Um, just getting through those like little moments um, of differences and understanding that you have different family histories and traditions and whatever and becoming one and bending back and forth so that it works. She also talked about them getting a counselor, her and Barack, because they are so starkly different. Um, Barack comes from a family where they say I love you all the time and they hug all the time while Michelle comes from a family where the way how you show love is consistency and like being on time and like coming to the family dinner every Sunday and like they didn't really say it, but mm. they showed it. Um. So yeah, I thought that was an interesting chapter, a very good chapter to talk about marriage, and she also talked about how a lot of young people she believes quit too early um, mm-hmm. in their relationships, and that maybe they think marriage is something that it's truly not. And her and Brock have been married for thirty years, so they've been in their ups and their downs. So I thought that was a really good chapter.
3: Did you? Yeah, like how she talks about:
1: Do you want a wedding or do you want a marriage? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because. And we've talked about this I probably more in depth on like Patreons, I want to say, than we have on the shows. And I think it's something we can continue to com- have conversations about. But because unfortunately, Instagram, social media, it's a lot of like highlight reels. Like we only see the positive moments that couples have and you don't get into those like silly like fights over toilet paper or really intense conversations on like disagreements that could sometimes be like fundamental and then having to navigate that. And she is such an advocate for speaking to young people about it being so hard, but like, that's the work. And like, even when it is so hard being happier with that person than not with that person. And Mm. I love that she's like kind of on this campaign around transparency with that because I've had my own moments of like, oh, should I like, am I, am I going to deal with this? Like, how do I navigate this? Is this like, he's not doing what this person's doing. And like, that means he doesn't care about me. And really like your relationship is your own journey between you and this other person. Um, And I feel like they're, does need to be more transparency about the challenges people have. And I really appreciate that she's been so, like, open about that, especially as, like, the fucking former first lady, (laughs) like, wild.
0: Yeah. 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 And she – it's just so beautiful, though, to know that – to hear in this chapter about, like, how they did first start and how he was so – she was never used to someone being so straight up about how he felt about her. She said like there was never like questions or doubt like in the beginning. Obviously they went through their shit, but he said I care about you, I or I want I'm interested in you. I want to get to know you. I find you to be very interesting. I think you're beautiful and I think we should date. Like just so like straight up and I'm just like I wish more men would take a page out of Barack's books so and and more women would when they see that receive it and not take it as like corny or weird. Mm-hmm. Um so I thought that chapter was really beautiful. Um okay, so chapter seven, and I'm gonna skip eight and nine because you guys need to read the book. But chapter mm-hmm. seven, which is the last one I'll talk about, is Meet My Mom. And she talks about her her mom and you know, her mom was the first as I think the first first grandma to like move into the white house and like live with them all eight years because she was like, you know, if I'm going to trust my mom with my kids when, you know, very black mom kind of thing. Um, and how her mom is just like super down to earth, how they would be like, you know. Mrs. Robinson, like, do you need us to do your laundry? And she, do you need us to clean up after you, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, no, I can do it. (laughs) And how all the butlers, which were mostly black people, all the people of service in the White House, mostly black, um, developed strong relationships with her mom because they could relate to her. And it was just like a very special experience. But her mom also gave a lot of good mother advice. So the four pieces of advice she gave were at the following. One, teach your kids to wake themselves up, which I thought was very interesting. So she said when she was like in kindergarten, her mom gave her an alarm clock and was like, you need to wake up by this time every morning. If you sleep through it, it's not my education. Like (laughs) you got to wake up. But even at such a young age. Yeah, like at such a young age, she was like, I'm not waking you guys up. You know what time you have to wake up. I gave you a tool, an alarm clock wake yourselves up. And then number two, um, it isn't about you, meaning it isn't about the parents. Um, Mm. Her whole thing was make your kids as independent as possible. She feels like as a parent, your goal should be to be less, not become useless, but to not be needed Mm -hmm. over the years, to become less and less needed. Um, number three, know what's truly precious. Um, so she talks about this whole story about, uh, the, her, I guess, Michelle's grandma being one of those moms that are like, kids need to be seen and not heard and all this stuff and just learning to, to, to value your actual children and their thoughts and their ideas and all of that. Um, and number four, parent the children you got. So Michelle Mm -hmm. talks about one day when she was really frustrated with Sasha and Malia, they weren't listening to her. She was telling them to brush their teeth and go to bed. They were doing whatever they wanted to do. And she was very frustrated. And she was like, you know what? I quit. I'm not your mom anymore. I'm not dealing with you guys. I quit. I quit. I don't want to do this anymore. You guys aren't listening. I'm not your mom anymore. Like she was like frustrated, like done. And the different reactions of Sasha versus Malia. So, and I might be mixing this up, but I believe Sasha immediately started crying and was like, no, mommy, like, no. And Malia was like, okay. And went upstairs and like turned on the TV
1: (laughs) and like started. Iconic.
0: Yeah. So like, she's like, your kids are so different. So understanding Mm -hmm. the kids you have and like catering your parenting to them because Mm. they could be a few years apart be same mom same dad same household and be so different um so yeah just something to think about we don't have kids yet but i thought that was great i love it add that to the
1: yeah
2: to the resources for later Um, i also i was watching her
1: revolt special um that i still need to finish it's so long. But there's this funny moment where Kelly Rowland's like, but don't you want your kids to be your friend? And she's like, no, I am the black mom that's like, I'm not your little friend. And growing up, I'd always Mm -hmm. be like, ugh, like so annoying. But she was like, that means you want your kid to like you. And she's like, it's not about your kid." liking you it's like you have to provide things for them and instill things for them that like they're not gonna like and you have to be able to like overcome that and like it's equally as hard for the parent to you know have to disappoint or be the disciplinary I called my mom and I was talking to her about that and she was like not only do you not like have to like me I don't have to like you, and I was dying, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's so true, like you will have those moments like within like parent child dynamics where it's like that's not the end all be all but like you will soon see why your parents did all these things for you and like instilled all these things in you,
0: yeah, absolutely. But yeah, overall, I think it's a great book, The Light We Carry. I think it's it just like when you finish it, you feel super like, you know, revitalized and like ready to take on the world in a new way. Hmm. Um, so I definitely suggest it. And yeah, I'm just like a huge fan of hers. So if anyone knows her or has an email or contact, Please. we would love to have her on the show. So definitely feel free to email us at hello at black girls texting with that information. What would you do? Um I don't have a what would you do. So that's all I, I got f- for you guys.
2: I feel like we, we 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 got into some stuff on this app in the group chat. But, yeah, um, we did. I and would love I, to hear from some of the listeners though. Just I think you posed really good questions to us, Chelsea. So if anything resonated with you all or has you thinking about you know, words of affirmation or something you want to tell yourself every morning or anything like that—that that we that came up on this episode—we'd love to hear from you all. So share yeah. that with us.
1: Yes, yeah. and I would like to personally thank Michelle Obama for getting Chelsea to, to recognize recognize the truth in her being a Capricorn and astrology. Thank you, Michelle.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. And you know, I have to value my relationship, and I put on our shared calendar that I would be done at five thirty, and it is now six o'clock.
1: So definitely supposed to have been gone. So I hear that uh, yep, to wrap it up. Yep.
0: <laughs> Bye, you all. Thank you as always for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Black Girls Texting on Patreon. We really appreciate our patrons, especially because. They help us run this thing financially. Mm -hmm. So, our Patreon is at Black Girls Texting, YouTube, Black Girls Texting, basically Black Girls Texting everywhere. And on Twitter, it's Black Girls Text One. We also have some of the sweatshirts left. So, yes.
1: Bye, Thank you for all Um, those who have been buying. Um, And we have a new color coming out very soon. mm -hmm. Because I never posted the one, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's coming.
0: Oh,
2: Lord. All right. Well, thank you for listening,
0: y'all. Love
1: you.
2: Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to text every group chat you're in and tell them to check us out. Follow your girls at Black Girls Texting, and we'll see you next week. Bye.